0: Support for The Nonprofit Lab comes from a helping hand. The willingness to provide assistance to a person, group, or plan. Helping hands. Reach them out to lift up the world and be part of the difference. Welcome to The Nonprofit Lab, a podcast dedicated to the ongoing discovery of how we can all be part of bigger social change through the lens of the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Priya Porak. I'm an industrial engineer, human-centered designer, and CEO of MatchNice, a social impact tech startup with a mission to connect the nonprofit ecosystem and maximize social impact. Thanks for joining us on our startup journey as we look to uncover and shake up the status quo in the world of nonprofits. My guest today is Gung Wong. CEO and co-founder of Civic Champs, an innovative volunteer management platform that helps nonprofits triple volunteer and mentorship capacity and retention. Gung is a serial entrepreneur and prior to Civic Champs, he co-founded two other companies, Rent Jungle and Community Elf, both of which were acquired in 2014 and 2017 respectively. Gung has also worked as an engagement manager at McKinsey and Company and holds degrees from Michigan State University and Harvard Business School. In this episode, we unpack the most important and innovative capabilities that volunteer management platforms have to offer. We discuss ways to measure and address volunteer feedback, what it is that makes an outstanding volunteer experience and why it's important strategic approaches for asking volunteers to donate, because volunteers are actually twice as likely to donate to your cause than the regular donor, and the ROI of volunteer management platforms and overall considerations for how it fits into a nonprofit's short and long-term technological roadmap. Here's our conversation. Gung Wong, welcome to the Nonprofit Lab. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Puya. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for joining. I'm so excited to jump into everything that you're doing with Civic Champs to really kind of innovate volunteer engagement. Um, Tell us about what Civic Champs is. What's your mission and uh, what is it that you guys do?
1: Yeah, so Civic Champs, uh, we're a software company that serves nonprofits and uh, we provide volunteering and mentoring software. And so, um, you know, basically, we're able to triple the capacity of nonprofits around volunteering, volunteering or mentoring. Um, And the way we do that is by really streamlining the process uh, from uh, recruiting to tracking to, you know, onboarding and waiver management and communications. um, And of course, reporting right all in sort of one platform. Um, and that way, it saves folks a ton of time. They're able to recruit more volunteers. And on the volunteering side, we really uh, make the experience more uh, enjoyable for the volunteers, right, so that we add value, it's a more, um, it's a better experience, and so they're, they're more likely to be retained.
0: There are so many ways. I, I, I just want to pick at each one of those threads and learn more. But before we go further into Civic Champs, all of its capabilities, the use cases, some storytelling that maybe you can share around how nonprofits have really benefit, benefited from your solution. Um, Gung, I, I know you have an incredibly entrepreneurial background. You've started three companies. This is your third startup. Uh, how Tell us about your entrepreneurial journey and how uh, the idea for Civic Champs Kind of evolved from those experiences?
1: Sure. Um, So I wanted to do something uh, entrepreneurial, you know, uh, just sometime during college, right? And so tried something during college, it didn't really work out, right? So had had my first sort of failure, if you will. Um, Thankfully, didn't lose a lot of money. And, uh, you know, then went into consulting for a number of years, and when I left, I joined uh, one of my colleagues, um, John Pastor. And so we started our first company called Rent Jungle. It's an apartment search engine. Uh, basically, we wanted to be the Google for apartment search, right? And so the idea was if you can bring lots and lots of listings onto one website, users can you know get a lot of value out of that. And so uh, we did that. Um, and then we sold that company in 2014. Uh, we had a second company also with John uh, called Community Elf. That was a social media management agency uh, with some underlying sort of neat technology that surfaced cool content. And we were able to exit that company as well in 2017. And so for me, you know, I I had, you know, sort of the itch again to start something new. And uh, this time around, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if I could uh, start a company, a tech company that also um, had a bit more social impact, right? I think the the businesses that we had were fantastic. Um, but, you know, this time around, it would be awesome if the uh, the folks that were using the software actually were, you know, c- were helping our communities, right? And, and so that's how we landed on this idea of Civic Champs. Um, originally, we actually wanted to create a mobile game for volunteering, you know, long story, but, you know, we obviously pivoted uh, when we saw the need from the nonprofit sector around, you know. Um, tools that can help them with all the things I no- noted earlier, right? Whether that's onboarding or, or scheduling or tracking their hours,
0: right? Amazing. And, you know, it's, you gave this really solid, broad sweeping overview of Civic Champs as this volunteer and, and mentor engagement platform. Cool. And you, I, I like that you've taken this market approach of listening to the actual needs of the sector Um, and, and, and it's kind of created some differentiators for you as a platform versus some of the other volunteering management solutions that are out there. So can you, can you talk about some of those differentiators and like how, what you heard and the needs that you saw informed your approach?
1: Sure. I think one thing we, we saw that was really, um, Illuminating, if you will, is roughly half of the nonprofits that we meet today still don't have any platform that they use, right? And so they're still on pen and paper, they're on Excel, um, and that tells me that there's there hasn't been a breakthrough in the technology where everyone's like, oh, you know, this is this is like your go-to solution, right? And and I think there's lots of reasons why that is, um, and so that's sort of our first sort of competitor, really, is are we better than pen and paper? Right. And, and you might think like, oh, that's an easy, easy thing to answer. Uh, but the reason lots of folks use pen and paper in Excel is that they are relatively accessible and easy to use. Right. Like you can bring out I have I happen to have a clipboard right here. Right. But you can you can get a clipboard, put a piece of paper on, you know, put a line on there and you're re- you know, you're ready to check in people. Right now, it, it causes a lot of issues down the road where you know, you need to aggregate it now and you need to you know read their chicken scratch. And if someone asks you a question, you can't really search, right? So, um, but I think that's sort of the first competitive set. The other one is, uh, you know, our current sort of other software providers. And I think there's you know, two cohorts there. One are what I'll call legacy uh, software, right? So they've been around for 10, 20 years uh, and they have a lot of features, but I would say generally they're not as intuitive to use. Um, Perhaps it's because they're on an older tech stack, right? And so it's just harder to upgrade and change, right if you're if you're just on a legacy uh, technology, right, so to speak. And then the second uh, set of folks are sort of more of our modern peers, if you will. Um, most of them are focused on corporate uh, social responsibility, right, like companies, uh, or they they tend to focus in on the volunteer whereas we really focus in on the volunteer manager, right? That's like our core constituent and who we really optimize our, our product for, right? And so um, a couple examples, right? And so for uh, so we have a mobile app, right? But one of the really neat things on our mobile app is for admins, they can use our app to like check in people. They can see who's supposed to be sh- showing up for uh, their scheduled event. They can notify people right on the phone, right? So as you're on the go, you're still able to have the sort of like full power of of Civic Champs in your hands, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that you highlighted some of the technology adoption. I'll call it opportunities in this space. And um, also recognizing that, you know, there comes a time where that need to move from spreadsheets, pen and paper to a solution like Civic Champs is just necessary um, to yeah. to scale and and be more effective. You know, I, I think the power of storytelling is is so immense in kind of making solutions come to life. Can you share kind of a use case or a story of a of a volunteer journey and kind of how Civic Champs empowers and enables nonprofits to really focus on their work through through the lens of that sure. volunteer.
1: Yeah, I mean, the easiest examples are sort of our two pilots that we started off with, right, where, where we, you know, we saw this opportunity. Um, one of the organizations was called My Sister's Closet, it's a thrift shop, uh, and then they do a lot of programming for women to help them, you know, gain employment, uh, including with clothing, right? So if, you, if you're if you going for a job interview, right, they can get you uh, set up so that you're, you're in the sort of the right outfit, right? Uh, and so for them, right, we started talking to them about this, actually, our gaming idea originally, <laughs> And they said, um, and I, you know, I asked, you know, well, how do you manage your volunteers? And they had the traditional, they had a binder, right? And they, you know, every, every volunteer had a sheet of paper in there. And when you showed up, you sort of signed your name in there and then they would aggregate it. And I just asked, um, you know, who, who manages? And it was, you know, they're a small team. They had only, I think, three full-time staff members and they have hundreds of volunteers, right? They're really volunteer heavy. And uh, the executive director said, well, I actually tabulate all of that. I said, you know, how much time does that take you, right, and she's like, well, it's probably every month, right, around 10 hours a, a, you know, a month, right, just on the sort of this data collection and aggregation and putting it into some sort of database later. And I just thought, you know, for an executive director to spend 100 hours, you know, a year on just tabulating volunteer hours, right, there's a lot of things you could do in 100 hours. Uh, or 120 hours in this case, right? You could probably write a grant or two grants <laughs> proposals, right? Uh, for 50 or 100 K, right? um and, and so that's a lot of opportunity cost, right? For for these organizations. um And on the flip side, you know, she says they have a lot of student volunteers, and the students would graduate and or leave them, and they would be like four or five years later, and she would get a call, and it doesn't happen all the time, but you know, let's call it four to five times a year, and they'd be like, "Hey, Sandy, like I um." I volunteered with you uh, a few years ago and I I just need like a report that says I did that and how many hours I did. And she's like, well, uh, okay, well, let me, do you remember what year, right? Like she has to go, you know, flip through it, you know, hopefully find the person, hopefully they didn't lose a sheet of paper. Right. Like what a, you know, uh, you know, very painful exercise. And also, um, potentially uh, inaccurate, right, because let's say she did lose the binder, you know, now you're stuck saying like either you validate without having the data, and so who knows, or 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 you don't, and then now, you know, it's too bad for the student, right, and so you're serving this, you know, weird um, conundrum, and then on the flip side, you know, our second pilot we did was with Habitat for Humanity, right, and I think the the one- uh, scenario, you know, a couple scenarios come to mind and why we started with mobile is they're out on site, right? They're building homes in places that don't have Wi-Fi. The home's not even built. <laughs> How are you gonna get Wi-Fi? Right? Like where they can bring their own, but oftentimes it's not the case. But you know what you always have is you always have your phone with heat, right? Whether that's an admin or that's a that's a uh, volunteer. And so that's super powerful for them, right? To be able to like check in, check out, like sign waivers, all that kind of stuff, right on mobile. Mm -hmm. Um, And they tell, you know, they told me this funny story, you know, not funny, but uh, with the paper waiver forms, right? Well, if you're on site, there's wind, there's rain, right? You know, those, (laughs) those things are on paper. They get wet, soggy, and who knows, right? Like, or they blow away. And so... Um, and those are, you know, some of the s- uh, scenarios we didn't even, you know, you don't think about, but you're like, oh yeah, of course, um, having a digital uh, prevents all of that, right?
0: Yeah, and uh, thanks for those stories, very, very well um, articulated. Uh, Civic Champs also offers geolocation type mm-hmm. technology around this. Can you explain like what what that looks like? Because I, I feel like that's really unique and cool.
1: Yeah, so uh, basically. When you create an event on Civic Champs, we ask like what what is the location of it, right? We use Google Maps and then we draw a little pin on there, and then we draw a circle around your pin, right? You can make that circle bigger or smaller. And basically when people walk into that circle, right, it'll remind them to check in, which is pretty neat on on their phone if they have the app. Um, and when they're inside the circle and they hit the you know check-in button, it'll say, Oh, hey, Puya, are you here to volunteer at my sister's closet? And you're like, Yep, and that's it. One tap. You know, we know who it is. We know what time it is, right? We can auto check them out at the end of the shift. So we really try try to make it easy, right, for the volunteer, and that way the volunteer manager actually gets the data that they need, right? Because the thing that prevents that from happening is, you know, and we again, we need to be as easy, if not easier, than paper, right? And so, Mm. you know, if it's like a literally a one tap thing, then you know, I think that's pretty simple.
0: Love it. What are some of the ways that nonprofits and and really at Civic Champs, like ways that you measure success of a volunteer management program, are there specific metrics or, you know, things that you're looking at to say, hey, this is working well, or hey, we might need to improve. Like, how how do you measure the success?
1: So another really unique thing that uh, we do is we collect feedback from the volunteers. Again, it's enabled right through mobile, but we also have kiosk modes, right? And you can put it on an iPad or a laptop. And there, you know, when people check out, we say, like, hey, how how did you like the event? Do you have any feedback for us? Right. Well, smiley faces, they can, you know, sad face, the happy face, right? Um, things that you're used to doing as a consumer, almost, you know, in in, in all sorts of you know, whether that's at the airport bathroom, right? Was, are we clean (laughs) to, you know, uh, you're, you're doing an Uber ride, right? How many stars are giving, right? Like we're just used to giving feedback to, to, and um, that feedback can be so powerful because then, you know, whether your program or the experience for the volunteers is actually positive or not. And if it's not, because we're collecting it sort of in real time, you can, you can, um, intervene much more quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Like otherwise, you might not even ever know that somebody was upset with you, right? Like how, you know, that would be really terrible, right? And and, and really too bad. But now you're like, oh, okay, somebody was not, you know, thrilled with their experience. They gave us some feedback. Well, let me reach out, right? And I think just the act of reaching out to them again will win back so many folks, right? Maybe even more so than if they had a good experience, to be honest, right? And so I think that's one uh, factor you can look at, which is just like your, um, let's call it the NPS score, right? Like your 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 satisfaction score for your volunteers. I think the other metrics that are, um, are are indicative, obviously, are is your retention rate. Right. So like, do you do your volunteers actually come back uh, more than once, right? Or or are they just like sort of one and done, right? Are there ways that you could cultivate them just like you cultivate a donor to actually get them to come back right and there's lots of tactics to do that right like i just gave a webinar on uh volunteer matching grants Mm. Uh, those can be very motivational for volunteers right because you can say hey you know puya your company gives dollars for every hour that you volunteer with us right you're at 20 hours your company requires 40 for for that to you know for us to get a thousand dollars you know can, can you come back for another 20 hours this year and we'll get a that you know and we'll, we'll sort of you know you'll, yes, you'll back donate you know like how motivating is that right like that's great um and then of course right everyone tracks volunteer hours and and how many volunteers you have and so i think those are sort of the baseline metrics right if you're not doing anything else those are the things that you can certainly uh Uh, see right the growth of your program I had more active volunteers right I had more volunteer hours um, and those are definitely indicative but then if you drill down I think the retention pieces and sort of the satisfaction uh, paints a you know much broader picture.
0: I absolutely love the way that you've integrated a feedback loop into the volunteering management experience and um you mentioned nps it's net promoter score it's a metric that a lot of companies in the private sector use it's based on the question of how likely are you to recommend xyz right. organization to friends and family and i think nines and tens if you're on a 10 point scale equal promoters and you've got neutrals that are uh you know in that, in that uh like i think it's what seven to eight range and then like yeah. one to six are detractors and the score is made up of looking at percentage of promoters minus percentage of detractors. Right. So the higher the better. That's amazing that you've incorporated that. What are some of the uh, lessons that you've learned looking at the feedback that nonprofits are getting around what makes a wonderful nonprofit volunteer experience?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I would say the feedback's great, right, and, 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 but usually the things you do with the feedback are more um, bespoke and sort of specific to the situation, right, it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I, you know, somebody left, blah, 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 and it was in my way, or like, I don't like working with Sally, <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> you know, usually, uh, you know, uh th- those are sort of like the, 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 the feedback that you often get. Uh, versus I think generically um, what makes for great volunteer experiences are, it's a little bit more basic, right? And I don't think all nonprofits do this great, but certainly some do it quite well. And so uh, making sure that your volunteers have clear directions, right? Like wh- what are you expected to do, right? When are you expected to be there? Like just have that real clear, um, making sure that you're, able to engage them quickly and um and get them to work right essentially right and so that that can be both before they show up on site and when they're on site so before they show up on site so this is often a challenge if you have background checks that you have to have your volunteers mm-hmm. do um there's a huge drop off right of, of volunteers who hit that wall they see, I need to do a background, maybe they even do the background check, but it takes too long for the results to get back, right? There's lots of stories of like, I reached out to this org, they didn't get back to me for months, right? So, you know, I'm I'm no longer interested, right? And so how quickly can you sort of get them up and running and and, and sort of into the system and and started, right? Um, And then also when they show up, you just don't want people to stand around, like they're there to, to have impact and do good, uh, do, you know, sort of uh, um, help your mission. But, but if they feel like it, they're wasting their time, it also paints an impression in the mind of that volunteer that this organization is not as effective. And they're also less likely to donate to you as well, right? Because volunteers are twice as likely to donate, right? And donate 10 times more than non-volunteers over the lifetime of giving. Um, and so this is a group, right? That is already primed to help you both with their labors of love, so to speak, right? But also, most of them are gonna give you, you know, donate financially to you as well if they have a good experience and they believe you're doing good work, right?
0: Yeah, that's really insightful um, to hear. You're the first guest on the show that I've had kind of really diving deeper into the volunteer journey. And I, I like how you framed kind of the experiences. There are these foundational pieces to what makes a solid volunteer management experience, but then collecting the feedback can help you improve the specific steps or points, the moments of truth, as we like to say in the customer experience world um, in that journey and how delivering across every step can build trust and also foster those relationships that can, as you said, convert. Your volunteers into donors, and you were, uh, you know, love that stat that you said volunteers are, twice as likely, likely to donate to your organization. So, you know, how does Civic Champs actually capitalize on that um, opportunity to to turn volunteers into into donors?
1: So we we do have a feature, <laughs> uh, we call it micro donations, and basically, uh, because we collect feedback, we know if someone's actually been uh, is happy or not. Um, and so in those moments when they're really feeling inspired, right, we allow organizations to make a small dollar ask. And I think that's key, right? You you want to make sure that the ask is, well, A, you think they're for their, their time, of course, right? But the amount of the ask needs to be respectful, if you will, right? And so it needs to feel that it's incremental to what they have already done. Ideally, you tie it to the work that they've done, right? That says like, hey, for a $5 donation, it'll help us do like this very specific thing that I just helped with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple things where that provides value, it's not, I would say it's not so much around the total dollar amount that you're gonna get from something like that. But really one, you get a number of folks that otherwise wouldn't have donated anything at all to go, get over that first initial hurdle, right? And psychologically, that's the that's the hardest part, right? Is that first dollar gift. Right. Once you get the first dollar, every incremental dollar is much easier. This is why like colleges spend so much time to get like their alumni to give one dollar, right? Because now it's like, oh, but I, I, I you know, I, I do give, right? Like I gave a little, right? And my credit card's already in the system, so the next time it is, it actually is a little smoother, right? You just give me the amount, and we'll just boop I'll charge you, right? <laughs> um, and, and so uh, that's one, which is like the ability to cultivate or get this, uh. Segment of new donors who maybe small dollar to start with, but allows you to cultivate them, and then even uh, even sort of uh, sort of a bigger opportunity I think is we track who is clicking on your ask your solicitation, but not necessarily converting, right? And there's a lot more folks who do that than than actually you know do the credit card transaction, and those are folks that have indicated that they're willing to give. Right? or they're interested in some you know they're interested at least to see see your uh, uh, your your solicitation so they're they're open to this idea right and for some reason they didn't actually go through with the the action but that doesn't mean you shouldn't reach out to them again and and through your donor CRM and then insert of those platforms right make sure that you actually convert them right
0: hmm. That's brilliant. And it's amazing that it's incorporated as part of the work stream, and that you've you've developed a, a feature to to capitalize on that. And I appreciate the thoughtfulness behind the ask amount as well, right? Like hey, I'm I just volunteered six hours of my time. Um, yeah. Would you like to map
1: the dollar per hour? Right. That's a oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's
0: a brilliant way of putting it. Are there other kind of ways that you've been framing or helping nonprofits think about framing that ask and coming up with like what is that sweet spot or like respectful yeah. number to ask for?
1: I think if 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 you're an organization that has a uh, like a wish list, uh, oftentimes you say, hey, you know, these are all the items I wish people would buy for me. Oftentimes there's, you know, if you're a homeless shelter, right, that's the easiest, right, you're like, socks, we always need socks, so many socks, and right, we need toothbrushes, we need, you know, shampoo bottles, and yeah, we get donations from people that travel, and there's a the little, you know, kits, but, right, like, $5 can buy a lot of socks, right, especially when you're buying in, in bulk or in volume, and so having something that is small dollar, you know, very much tied to the thing that they just did. Maybe they're actually like, you know, uh, creating the kits, right? They're doing kidding. Uh, or if they're doing meal prep or, or feeding, uh, you know, um, you know, providing meals, you could say, hey, you know, $5 will buy us two meals, three meals, right? Mm. Uh, that, that we will be able to deliver into the community.
0: Yeah, that's really core to the premise of uh, the philosophy around donation experiences for nice as well. It's this connection between impact and dollars and, you know, the step further then is also tying in um, the outcomes that these mm-hmm. donations can support and drive. And also uh, not necessarily always having to frame it as like this amount of money will feed like this a- family or like support this activity, but also to be able to communicate in, in terms of progress and, and to be able to do that, you mentioned like having a donor CRM or a donor management system is very core to having the infrastructure to be able to track and nurture those relationships. Do you, do you think that it's in terms of like a digital roadmap for a nonprofit do you think it's essential for them to have be enough space where they have a donor management platform in place before considering a volunteer management system like S- Civic Champs? Like, you know, one mm-hmm. of the things that I'm learning in the sector is digital maturity. There's a lot of room for growth and a lot right. of space as as you've 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 kind of created this this amazing solution around. Um, but I'm also trying to learn like, what is the sequence? Like, where do you go? Like, Mm -hmm. what's the starting point? And like, where does a solution like a volunteering management system fit in? And I know there's not a one size fits all approach, but curious for your thoughts on this idea of how the donor management kind of system fits into the ecosystem (laughs) of, of, of this kind of solution.
1: I think the evidence would say that, um, uh, Almost everyone that adopts a volunteer management platform like ours or, or, or another um, already has a donor management system, right? I think, you know, I gave sort of this um, rough estimate of 50% of folks that we meet um, have and, and don't have, right, uh, on the volunteering side. I, you know, that number is uh, much higher, right, in terms of donor management. most Most folks, right, most nonprofits have some system in place unless you're just getting started right? Um, that said, right, there are very select instances, maybe where if, even if you don't have a donor management platform, it could still make sense to um, to have a volunteer management platform, right? And so uh, some examples might be if you're very um, large event oriented and most of your dollars come in through the event, right? And so you don't actually need to track um, donors per se, but you're like doing ticket sales, right? And so as long as your ticket sales are good, but you have lots and lots of volunteers, right? And so like your pain point primarily is around the volunteers, um, or yeah, or, 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 you know, a very small organization that is, um, uh, sort of volunteer centric, um, and this is like your primary pain point, um, and maybe the way that you have impact in the community is, you know, almost a hundred percent through your volunteer base. Um, then that 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 could make sense. But oh you know, I would say the vast, vast majority of folks are going to have a donor management platform before they they adopt um, something like Civic Champs,
0: yeah. that really makes me um wonder like what what is that roadmap, the digital maturity roadmap, And you know, if the do- donor management system, I agree, is kind of central to. Mm-hmm. A, a strong fundraising strategy, which a, a strong volunteer management program f- like feeds into. Um, I, I, th- 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 thanks for thanks for sharing your perspective on that. It really yeah. helps me kind of um, imagine the possibilities of, of what that looks like. So h- how does Civic Champs integrate with a nonprofit's existing donor management system, assuming they, they have one in place? Like what are the connections between that, that your platform kind of, Allows and integrates with.
1: Yeah, so we have uh, what I would say best in class integrations with two platforms today. Um, so Razor's Edge NXT and Salsa Lab, and so I think Salsa Lab we're the only volunteer management platform integrated, and on uh, Razor's Edge NXT, you know, I would say you know we're the best in class, right? So if you compare our integration versus others, right, ours is just much more robust. Um, and so what what uh, with these integrations, you know, what could you expect? So one, anytime you can. Uh, sync all of your uh, volunteers from your donor serum to Civic Champs if they already use this, right? So, it's sort of a one time automated upload into our system. Um, and then from our end, sort of a real time uh, push of new volunteers get added into your donor serum right away. If they update their biographical information, like your phone number, email, On our end, it automatically updates it uh, optional, right? But but can automatically update it uh, on your donor CRM. Um, You know, within Razor's Edge, we actually have really beautiful tiles that show you, you know, the last time they were active, you know, what activities they like the most, how many total hours. You can also click to, you know, um, uh, sort of deep link directly back into Civic Champs, right? Uh, And so this way, your sort of uh, development team is never caught off guard if they're having a conversation with the donor they could see exactly you know right in their constituent um, portal right uh, all the information they they need uh, they can also run campaigns like on socially Engage you could say hey for all of my new volunteers i want to put them into an email cadence right that i want to cultivate and and, and build out for them um, so that's what the direct integrations Um, Otherwise, you could do, you know, upload downloads of spreadsheets where we also save your uh, constituent ID of your donor CRM, right?
0: Yeah, wow, that's uh, so powerful. And it really encapsulates the capability for nonprofits to provide that personalized end-to-end kind of understanding of, of who it is that is supporting their mission and to be very thoughtful about their approach in... Uh, making a donation ask mm-hmm. or uh, engaging them further or, you know, converting those one-time donors into recurring donors or one-time volunteers into returning volunteers. So uh, very, very cool that you all have that. And I love that you've created this um, ecosystem of partnerships for mm-hmm. Civic Champs with other nonprofit tech providers. You know, this is a space that um, is, you know, altruistic by nature. And, you know, I think everyone that starts a company or is focused on the nonprofit sector and their heart of hearts has this desire of maximizing or creating impact um, in their communities and around the world, you know, as, as a social impact tech startup founder yourself, um, how are you looking at partnerships in the nonprofit tech space with other companies? Um, And, and, you know, what are some of the things that you've learned in, in, in that approach? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, we have a we've really started building out our partnerships um this past year so if you go to civic champs we actually have a tab called partnerships and you can see all of our partners some of them even have deals on there right so if you you know work through civic champs you get a slightly better deal i think for us um you know obviously right typically we're working with people that are not competitive right and we're not competitive with them um but provide some sort of incremental value right and so Um, And there's lots of great solutions. And so I'm pretty excited because I'm, uh, let's call it tech forward, (laughs) right? And and so uh, to sort of introduce our audience to other really interesting, good partners um, is exciting for me, right? Because then I'm I'm actually bringing more value uh, to the table in in lots of ways. So for example, um, if you're looking for grants and you're doing grant writing, uh, one of our partners is Instrumental um super easy for you to go find grants on there they generate a ton of value for folks because you know you can sort of search the whole you know the u.s database across you know all sorts of grants and find the ones that fit best for you um yearly is another partner of ours right they do uh digital annual reports like a really cool idea so you don't have to you know mail and print your annual reports anymore they look really nice they're like beautiful and they could be you know um Uh, much more engaging in in a lot of ways right uh and and you know there's just a number of other folks right i think you know we have um obviously all our integration partners on there as well but you know these are folks that i love their products right and i think nonprofits uh should take advantage and use them if they can because they also um make you know help them raise more dollars and or you know make them more efficient and, and and uh you know, helps them push their uh, missions forward, right? So uh, for me, partnerships are fantastic.
0: Yeah, and you're also enabling the kind of acceleration of the digital maturity of a nonprofit Um, because, you know, one of the pieces of feedback that I've heard in in my research is nonprofits have to use so many different platforms to get what they want done. Um, But if, if you have a... A partner that does have those direct partnerships with other tech solutions with easy integrations, it definitely makes it easier um, on that nonprofit to to be able to to kind of manage all of the different elements of of their business. But one of the challenges is uh, this perspective on ROI, return on investment, that yep. nonprofits struggle with. Um, and it's, it's largely attributed to this uh, scarcity mindset. Like, and, and one of the, you know, I, I just had a conversation with a nonprofit founder and I was mentioning like this idea of like, Hey, it'd be smart to have a donor management system in place before you do this massive event where you're going to drive all this traffic yep. to your website. You want to be able to nurture those relationships, make the ass blah, blah, blah. And the response I got was, uh, quote, if it, if I don't see an immediate r- return today, or like this week, then it's just not a priority for us. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the lack of resources, time, um, oftentimes capital right. To, right. to go forward with this. So what's your, your take in terms of the ROI and positioning the investment in a platform like Civic Champs for nonprofit leaders to consider whether they're Evaluating this like what is this worth it like should like hey my paper and pen is working for me right now. Uh, yeah. W- whether it's worth it now and, and how they might also sell or or build buy-in with their boards to sure. evolve their volunteer management programs.
1: Yeah and so in, in all of our proposals that we send to nonprofits we have uh, an ROI page. Right. So we talk about the investment they, they have and then um, and, and typically that ROI is always over 10x. You're going to get 10x your return. You spend $100 with us, you're going to get $1,000 back. Right? And that's going to be through additional capacity. That's going to be through more volunteers. That's going to be through um, extra retention. That might be through micro donations, right? Um, but, but it's almost always above 10x, right? And I would say that's a good benchmark, right? If you can get 10x from your uh, from your partner, that gives you a lot of wiggle room, <laughs> <laughs> right, and so like maybe it's not 10x, maybe it's half that, right, maybe it's only a third of that, but then it's, it's still 3x, right, um, and so for me, you know, that's, that's uh, and 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 obviously, you know, everyone has different um, philosophies when it comes to pricing, and so I would say we're probably one of the more affordable solutions out there, uh, we do, you know, for dollar, uh, for, you know, uh, bang for your buck, so to speak, right, like uh, we, we perform pretty well there. Uh, Part of that, you know, in my mind, is we can't have impact if you can't afford it, (laughs) right? Um, And so, uh, so that's important to us. Um, But I would say, you know, uh, if you can get 10x return, that's a great benchmark, Um, and that's often, you know, we, you know, I've heard for a lot of consumers that's actually the case too, right? Like that's where you get people to actually switch over to say, oh. You know, will you switch if this is twice as good? You're like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, I, I could, but I'm sort of like ingrained in my processes, right? Um, but if it's ten x better, it's like, oh yeah, 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 you know, really I'm gonna, I'm gonna upgrade to the iPhone instead of my flip phone, right? It's like this is this is a lot better um, as an yeah. experience. Um, and 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 I should mention, right? That's I think I've always thought that's something that was. Um, really unique about Match Nice too, right? Is, is your sort of your focus on ROI and, and making sure that, um, you know, whether that's communicating with your donors, right? in terms of the ROI of their impact. Um, and so that's, I think, generically something that can be uh, more pronounced maybe in the sector, right? It's this sort of idea that, hey, you can measure and you can get uh, returns on, on your software or, or anything else really.
0: Yeah, I I appreciate that shout out. And I think the match nice angle is being able to communicate that ROI to the donors, right? Like Mm -hmm. what their donations mean, you know, you said something that is, I think, one of the biggest challenges in overcoming the scarcity mindset in the sector is, like, if you can't afford it, we can't create impact. And so there's this vicious circle of well, like, "Ah, I don't have the budget for it, or I don't have the time or I don't have the resources. So we're going to put that off. And Hey, Gung, a 10X return sounds amazing, but am I going to get that tomorrow? Am I going to get that next week? Like, what's uh, the horizon yeah. on that, right? So these are like the questions that I'm hearing. So what do you say to a nonprofit that's like, well, that all sounds great, but when when do I expect to see this? Like, how do you position the, the time frame? And, you know, one of the insights from our fundraising episode with uh, Rashida Pearson and Anna Barbara was helping nonprofits understand the expectations around this takes time right? Like, you're it's not an overnight thing, especially around fundraising. It takes a lot yeah. of patience and consistency and diligence and uh, thoughtful effort. So, you know, how, how do you translate kind of that point of view into the space of volunteer management?
1: So I think we are, um, we're a little easier to sell. And from that regards, right? But like donations, you actually have to get more dollars. <laughs> um, whereas volunteering, right? You can, you know, within a week be up and running and immediately sense that your life just got better hmm. it's easier right like you're you're like i don't i'm not manually inputting stuff i this is great <laughs> right <laughs> and so there's there's sort of at least on that side of it of sort of like this that um and maybe that's only half of the ROI right which is like the amount of time you're saving your capacity and frankly, you know, we don't really capture this, and maybe we should, but like, you're reducing burnout for your staff, right? Volunteer managers are one of the highest turnover positions, right? And we know this because it's like, you know, in some organizations we work with, it's literally every three months they have a new volunteer manager, right? And, and that makes it tough for us, right? Because we're like, well, you know, at least they have a system in place, at least the data still there, right? And their volunteers are, you know, have some consistency um but that's got to be tough for the organization too and part of that could be that um you know this is this is a uh you know oftentimes it's a stepping stone role uh to be honest right for for a lot of folks they say hey i'm going to start out as volunteer manager then i'll be a program manager i'll i'll move to you know the, the donor side etc um but i think one of the ways to help you retain your staff is providing them the tools that they need to really do their job well, right? And so I think Civic Champs does that as well.
0: Well put. Um, you know, that that makes me curious about that, that position. I know I'm familiar with development leaders in nonprofits, also very, very difficult pressure point position. Volunteer leaders, I need to learn a little bit more about that, but that's great that you all are creating, making that job at least a little bit easier and uh, creating the consistency or, or kind of that thread to go through uh, any any role changes in that position. Yeah. Young, as we're nearing the the end of our interview, I just have a, a couple of more questions, a couple that I typically ask all of my guests. Uh, what is one status quo practice in the nonprofit sector that you would like to see changed? Ooh.
1: Oh, call, calling people out now. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um that's a that's a good one. Um I'm not sure I have I have a great answer for this. I would say, you know, for me, I see a lot of um I'm trying to think of how I wanna I wanna word this a little bit, right? But um I think there's, you know, oftentimes there's not there's not as much um analytics. Involved or in decision making, um, and, and and you see this not you know on the volunteering side as well, right? With the and to your point on ROI, this is sort of what prompted my thought here, right? Which is, you know, as a business, um, you know, we're not always laser focused, but much more focused around things like lifetime value of a customer and what's my cost of acquisition, right? Especially in the startup land, like these these terms you hear over and over again and sort of ingrained in you. And I, I wish we could bring a bit more of that to the nonprofit sector, where even on the volunteering side, people always say, it's always like what you don't have is what you want, right? So if my volunteers are older volunteers, and I'm like, well, I need to engage the younger audience. Like, you know, we, we can't just have older volunteers all the time. We gotta get newer folks in here, new blood, et cetera. But what's, to your point, what's the ROI on that, right? Like maybe, the right path is you target new retirees, right? Mm-hmm. They're a little younger, but but maybe your audience that really believes in your, you know, your your mission, as opposed to like continuing to try for your college grad and like oh, trying to get them to to be involved, right? Like, and maybe that is the right choice. But I feel like there's oftentimes there's not the uh, analytics behind it that says okay, here's how much time I spent trying to recruit this, this cohort of folks. Here's how many it came to me, right? Here's how many that we retained. And so my ROI on this cohort is, is just much lower or higher and just being okay with saying and pushing back and saying, you know, we're not gonna go after college kids, right? You know, Gen Z, Gen Y, whatever, right? Um, you guys do you. Um, that's not, that's not our sweet spot. We're going to focus on the folks that keep coming back day in, day out. And that's where I get my ROI. And so I'm going to focus my time and effort and energies on, on really making their experience much better. Right. And so I think for me, that's, uh, that's probably the one thing I would change. Sorry. That was kind of (laughs) long-winded.
0: No, it was, it was really well put. And I appreciate how you put it through the lens of the work that you're delivering and the value that you're looking to create. For nonprofits, and there's a very similar um, parallel in the fundraising space as well, right? Understanding like who your target uh, donors are, the the type of person that's mission aligned, values aligned, that um, you know really believes in what you're doing, and and not spending your energy focusing on that group instead of you know maybe another where you're not getting as much engagement, and having the analytics to know. What's working and and what's not um, is is critical to that. So very, very well put. I, I said I had two questions, but that sparked one more additional. Um, you know, you, this this kind of bridging of um, inf- like knowledge experience from the business world into the nonprofit sector mm-hmm. is um something that is really shifting in a very positive way. You know, I think you I'm seeing more and more conversation and dialogue. Saying that nonprofits are just like businesses. They're just social mm-hmm. focused businesses. And, you know, this acknowledgement by the sector of, of, of kind of the legitimacy of these operations. It's not just a hobby. It's not just a charity. Like, no, this is a mission-driven organization. What are some of the things that you've learned in your previous two startups that you've been able to kind of apply in at civic champs? Like how has that shaped and informed your approach to serving this? Sector.
1: Hmm. What do we learn? Um. I think uh, a couple things that come to mind. One is, you know, maybe 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 this is again related to my last comment to some degree, uh, which is we are probably better um, at identifying our core customers that we we can serve, right? And maybe having a bit more faith and sticking with them as opposed to trying or jumping ship uh, early, right? And so obviously, you know, last few startups all had great outcomes. uh, But one of the things, you know, we we didn't, I feel like we could have done better is really own a sector Mm -hmm. before we moved on. Right. And so uh, especially on the social media management side um, that we had. Right. So uh, we what I've seen in retrospect is, you know, we served a broad range of uh, businesses and services and brands. Right. We even had Mark Wahlberg's uh, GNC nutrition line that we managed at one point. Right. And, and so it's kind of, you know, like auto dealers and, you know, some nonprofits. Right. But we saw other com- uh, competitors of ours who you know, over 10 years only did car dealers or only did apartments right and they were just able to really hone their craft in a way and 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 provide more value to those very specific and niche audiences right mm. and i think you know, th- and their outcomes are even better than ours, right? So there's a little bit of like, oh, okay, this is how you might, you know, and it's hard then to compete against them, right? Because then you say, well, I have this sort of generic platform and they're like, well, well do you do these very nice things? You're like, no, well, that's, we we have to have that, right? And so I'm, at Civic Champs, um, for example, with our, I, I, we mentioned, we largely talk about volunteering, but with our mentors, uh, mentoring programs, you know, youth facing, we actually have a mentoring specific module that's integrated Uh, with the core platform that allows you to track, not just hours, but the interaction and engagement between mentors and mentees, right? And so that can be like a great differentiator. And then, you know, separately, you know, we're making these sort of another module for our um, drivers, uh, volunteer drivers, that's kind of like a, almost like a dispatch system, right? It still uses our core onboarding module, it uses our scheduling stuff, right? It still uses all the waivers and all those things. But for these specific volunteers, what they want isn't just like a location to check in for, but they want to know like, well, what's my trip, right? I, I need to go to the, like these three stops, right? And so we we provide the ability for a volunteer manager to put in those three stops so they can feel like, okay, yep, I'm going to go to A, I'm going to go B, I'm going to go C, I'm going to go D. And it's, all that data still flows back into one mm-hmm. spot, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, for me, you know, I start to think about like, well, how can we deepen, you know, the, it, it, sometimes it's those little things that matter a lot, right?
0: Yeah. That's that's brilliant. And it goes back to the ROI, like you said, also the analytics, as you mentioned, and being hyper-focused on who, who it is that you're serving. And that's very helpful for me as a founder to hear as well. I think that's really sage advice for any founder or leader of an organization. Um, how do people learn more about Civic Champs? Uh, do you have any promos or like plugs that you want to make in terms of like, like tell us the website, URL, et cetera.
1: Yeah, Civic Champs, right? It's spelled like this. Dot uh, <laughs> com <laughs> is, is where you, uh, uh, is our website. Um, you can go on there. We have a short seven minute video demo if you want to sign up and and, and watch that um, and and see more of my talking face if, you, if you'd if like. <laughs> uh, people can reach out to me directly. It's gung, G-E-N-G, at civicchamps.com. So, Happy to share that uh, that connection as well.
0: Amazing, Gong. One final question: What do you want your lasting legacy to be?
1: I I love volunteerism because it brings our communities together right? across social, economic, across um, racial you know uh, right lines. It's one of the few ways that you can still sort of rub shoulders with with people that are different from you right and i i think that's really powerful and that's one reason we're really passionate about what we do and so i i love my legacy right if they're you know if people are like hey you know gung built this platform right or with this team obviously um but civic champs help bring sort of re-knit the social fabric of, of our communities together right like that would be a pretty cool legacy
0: I I love it. I couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for everything that you've been doing. The time, the energy, the, the heart that you've invested into really innovating and elevating this opportunity for nonprofits to improve their volunteer engagement and tying it back to bringing people together around a cause, regardless of your background, color, political affiliation—like it really is an amazing opportunity for our country and the world to just yeah, help, be kind, be kind, and help people. Be kind. Yeah,
1: we we aim for you know one uh, facilitating a billion acts of kindness. Right, that's one of our goals. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, thank you for facilitating this. Uh, one act of kindness on being on the show, which I think will hopefully ripple into many, many more from our audience. So Gong, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Puya. Thanks for having me.
0: Cheers. That concludes episode 18 of the Nonprofit Lab. Be sure to check out Civic Champs and their website for more information and their blog for rich content around volunteer management in the nonprofit sector. Here's our quote as always to close this episode out, this one in keeping with the topic. Tim Russert said, there is no better exercise for your heart than reaching down and helping to lift someone up. Thanks for tuning in and if you enjoyed this or other episodes, we'd appreciate your helping hand and ask that you take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, and share our podcasts with the folks in your network with gratitude. And as always be well.